communicate with your tenants and find out what their situation is. Let them know that you're not out to get them, but you also need to plan and protect yourself. And I think knowing where your tenants are will really set you up to prepare for what's coming in May and June. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're gonna help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're gonna help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're gonna be allowed to focus on the things that are most important like business growth and operations not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about their pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E, you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. My name is Theo Hicks, and today we'll be speaking with Scott Westfall. Scott, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Theo. Thanks so much for having me on. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for joining us. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Today, we're going to be talking about the coronavirus, how it's affecting Scott's business, how it's affecting investors that he works with business, some of the challenges they're facing, and then things that they are implementing to solve those challenges that hopefully will help you during this time as well. But before we get into that, a little bit about Scott. He is the owner of CGP Real Estate Consulting, 10 years of real estate experience, six being a realtor, based in Virginia Beach, Virginia. 
you can say hi to him at cgprealestate.com. So Scott, before we dive into the coronavirus, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yeah, certainly. So I got into real estate and then business, kind of learned it from the inside out. My freshman year of college, I met a couple who had just inherited a real estate brokerage that was focused on vacation rentals and property management and sales at the oceanfront in Virginia Beach. Through college, I did maintenance and contracting and project management with them. When I graduated in 2014, I got my real estate license and became the full-time property manager and really vacation rental manager for 120 plus properties. And I did that for about three years. And through that experience, I got to work with individual and large investors. I got to learn really what makes landlords and investors successful and what mistakes they can make. And through that experience, I kind of came to a point in 2017 where I felt like it was time to take the experience and the knowledge that I had and do something a little bit different. I saw a need growing in Hampton Roads for a different service in real estate. And I knew I was passionate about helping others build wealth through real estate. So I decided to put my license in my LLC's name, CGP Real Estate Consulting. And today we are focused on being the leading expert in area and identifying, purchasing, and operating investment properties in Hampton Roads. Perfect. So identifying, purchasing, and managing, correct? Those are the yes, three. Sir. Perfect. So some of them got our three categories to talk about today. So I think the first one we should talk about is managing, and then we'll kind of work our way back. So how has management changed during these past few months with the coronavirus pandemic? And maybe also tell us some of the major challenges you're seeing investors face and then the types of advice you're giving them to address those challenges? Yeah. So I would actually break it down into two subsets, really standard yearly rentals and those present their own difficulties. And then really a lot of investors I work with, with short-term rentals, vacation rentals, and they're facing a whole different set of challenges. So with the yearly rentals, really in Virginia Beach in April, we only saw out of 60 tenants, four or five pay late. And as a management company, we gave those tenants really to the end of the month to pay their rent without charging a late fee and made sure we communicated with them up front. I have some individual investors who are self-managing their properties who have had tenants who are unable to pay rent because they've been furloughed. And those owners have fortunately been lucky enough to contact their mortgage companies and put things in the rear so that they're not missing out right now. And really, a lot of them have still charged late fees or saying they're charging late fees, but are kind of being very lenient with the whole, how they're going to repay the rent that they owe back. So we can talk more about yearly rentals on the short-term rental side of things. Those owners are freaking out a little bit. It looks like the summer, which is a bulk of their income here in Virginia beach and Norfolk, really anything on the beach seems to be non-existent or very spotty. And so I think those owners are starting to scramble. We've seen owners who have gone to just switching these fully furnished properties to long-term rentals. They've really gone for yearly. And then we've also seen some people who are just holding out, waiting to see what happens, hoping to make the best of the summer. And I think that right now conversations we're having is how can you get creative with your property and still continue to produce income and not let it sit vacant through the rest of this year. So it sounds like at least from Mere Circle, the standard yearly rentals, it sounds like April was maybe a little bit worse than most months, but nothing too crazy. 
I'm just wondering, do you have any expectations for May collections and maybe even into June? What do you expect to happen during those months? And then maybe based off of that also, what types of things should investors be doing now if you do believe that collections are still going to be lowered during those months? Great question. So I would say that my colleagues were definitely more concerned about May and definitely June, just depending on how long this goes. I would expect that we see the numbers of late payments or non payments in May to increase. And really the reason that I would say that is because of feedback we're getting in communication. And I think that would be my biggest piece of advice to every landlord out there would be to communicate with your tenants and find out what their situation is. Let them know that you're not out to get them, but you also need to plan and protect yourself. And I think knowing where your tenants are will really set you up to prepare for what's coming in May and June. So basically just kind of calling tenants, putting notes on their doors. I was talking to someone and it sounds like self-managers are going to have a little bit easier time communicating because they can actually go out and do it themselves. Whereas people that have property managers have to kind of rely on their management company to do that because they don't really know their residents. Is that what you're seeing too? It's easier to communicate with your residents and kind of get that feedback that you need if you're a self-manager and and how do you ensure you're able to get that feedback if you aren't a self-manager? That is a great question. I would say that it definitely does depend on your property manager. And if you do have a property manager, how much communication you've been in there with them, but you're correct in assumption. Self-managing owners have definitely had an easier time and kind of a closer relationship with their tenants and kind of getting that information and feel from where their tenants are. From the management side, we as a company have really tried to stay on front of it and have a lot of resources at, to use to communicate with tenants and to communicate quickly and efficiently. So to that point, how many of them are responding? That is a question. So if you are an owner that is with a property manager, I would say continue to contact them and put the pressure on the tenant to respond and let you know where they are at this time. Perfect. And then switching to the short-term rentals, because when I first started doing these COVID interviews, I felt like everyone I talked to was doing short-term rentals. So I've heard some very interesting creative ways that they're using their short-term rental properties to continue to make some sort of income. So you already mentioned people are either switching them to long-term rentals or they're kind of just holding out and waiting because for all the short-term rentals people I've talked to, May, June, July, August are the money months. So what are some other creative things you've seen people do to make sure they can bring in some sort of income on their short-term rentals? One interesting one up front that we've seen down here is we've actually had an influx of people from the Northeast who have rented these short-term rental properties that have been available for March through May for two months and have come down in quarantine here, which has really been an interesting thing. But going into that, there is very much an emerging market, at least here in Virginia Beach, for in a lot of these vacation beach destination towns for increased serviced monthly rentals over the summer. So maybe transitioning and it would be more than what you would get as a a standard yearly rental, but not as much as you would make with nightly rents throughout the summer. But if you can find somebody who is willing to come and have a a whole month long beach vacation for 6,000 when you were making 9,000 in that month, I think that is a good way to offset it. So looking for people who are looking to spend their summer months at the beach for an increased rate is a good option to look. The other option too is in real estate, you have price, location, and condition. And if there's no demand, you're going to have to use your price lever. So see where the market is at and test the market and see where you start to get inquiries because there are still people out there looking 
and hoping to take advantage of the summer being a little bit empty to be able to have a less expensive vacation. Perfect. Okay. So let's transition into the other two things you focus on are identifying deals and then actually buying deals. So maybe tell us kind of the general feel from the investors you work with. Are they more interested in buying deals right now? Kind of just waiting to see what happens or selling your portfolio? That's a great question as well. Right now, the demand is more than ever. Real estate investing in general has just become so mainstream. So I have not seen the demand slow down. The demand has kind of been there and it's the supply across the nation has been low and it's continued to remain low. So I feel like it's been a tightening of supply, but the demand has stayed the same when it comes to investors looking to put their money into real estate right now. It sounds like the demand for the buying is still there. And obviously if the supply is tightening, then people aren't actually selling. So my next question would be, you focus on single family homes, right? Yeah, single family and really smaller multifamily, so four units. And then using those as rentals, correct? Correct, yes, sir. Perfect. Okay, so I want to buy a duplex right now. What are some of the main changes that I need to make when underwriting these deals? I think that building into your models and your projections when you're looking at properties, building in that vacancy rate and even making that vacancy rate a little bit bigger, planning for these unexpected times of no income. I think that what I've learned in my experience in real estate is that real estate is a business and if you can take the emotion out of it and go into it with a solid business plan, you should be able to weather these types of things. So the first thing I would just say is tighten up how you are analyzing deals and what you're being very specific on what you need to cash flow moving forward. Perfect. And then last question would be, people always say that when there's times of economic uncertainty and the people don't really know what's going to happen, that typically once that ends, there's going to be great opportunities to make some money. So if you mm. had a crystal ball, and again, you don't have to be perfect here. You can be very general if you want to, but it can be just one thing if you want it to be, or it can be multiple. Some of the biggest opportunities in real estate investing that you see in the next, let's say, six months to a year. The first one is going to be is on the short-term rental side, whoever can look ahead and see what the renters want. The demand is going to come back, but it's going to look different. And whoever can look ahead and get ahead of that is going to be successful. So currently, if you own a short-term rental, get ahead of it, start to think about what it's going to look like after because the demand is going to surge back. In regards to just investing and identifying properties and looking forward, I think the supply is going to increase, but again, the demand is the same. So being patient and being prepared financially for a deal to come. Can you ask me that question one more time, Theo? I know you can't. Yeah. So in the six months to a year from now, what do you think is going to be like the next big real estate investing opportunity? Man, that's a great question. What does your gut tell you? My gut tells me that it's going to be more of the same. And I think that investors will need to be wiser when they make choices about what properties they're purchasing. I think there'll be tightening and on the lending side. But again, there's going to just still be more of the same people wanting to put their money into real estate because real estate is a solid long-term investment. Where we are specifically, I would say that, again, more of the same, we're such a huge military area where it's very cyclical and we're a little bit different than the rest of the nation in that regard. Perfect. So is there anything else as it relates to the coronavirus and real estate investing that you want to talk about before we wrap up? The last thing I would say then is that real estate, again, is a business. And if you have a solid business plan going into it, you can weather the storm. I know that it's tough right now. If you are a homeowner in Hampton Roads or an investor in Hampton Roads, 
and you're looking to get creative with your property to figure out how to make it through this storm and then to continue to be successful moving forward, visit my website, www.cgprealestate.com. I'd love to hear from you and hear how you are handling. Perfect. Well, Scott, thank you very much for joining us today. And best of your listeners, make sure you take advantage of Scott's offer. Just a few of the big takeaways I had today. You kind of told us how your business is broken into three buckets. You've got identifying properties, the buying properties, and the managing properties. We mostly focus on managing because I think that's where most people are facing challenges today with the coronavirus. So you mentioned how it was different for your standard yearly rentals and your short-term rentals that you do think that May and June are probably going to be a little bit worse than April. Most likely, again, no one can really predict the future, but most likely based on the current trends, May and June collections are going to be a little bit more difficult than April. Therefore, it is very important that you are communicating with your residents so that you know specifically what their situation is so you're prepared and you're not waiting until the end of May and realizing that no one's paid rent that month. So that was kind of one big takeaway. Second was if you're a short-term rental owner, a lot of them are freaking out but making sure that real estate, as you mentioned, is a long-term play. So sure, you might not be getting any income right now, but you do believe that demand will come back for short-term rentals and that whoever is able to predict what that new demand will be like are going to be able to set themselves up for success. And then lastly, when it comes to identifying and buying new deals, it's very important for you to make sure you're underwriting a larger vacancy rate for unexpected times of no income like today. So Scott, again, really appreciate you coming on the show today and being willing to talk about some of the challenges you've seen other people facing in real estate investing. I know it'll be a value add to the listeners. Best of listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. When it's Friday at 4.30 p.m., it's time for Entrepreneur Drinks Podcast, which is co-produced by Joint Ops Properties and Discount Property Investors. Join their end of the work week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com. That's entrepreneurdrinks.com.